Who Poisoned the Water in Flint, Michigan? That and other stories for the week ending January 10th, 2016. I'm Jamie Sudler. I'm Franny Halperin. And it's This Week in Water. The U.S. federal government is now investigating whether there has been illegal conduct in the Flint, Michigan water disaster. Both the EPA and the U.S. attorney will consider whether violations of the Clean Water Act or civil rights laws have occurred in this tragedy. It all started about two years ago when Governor Rick Snyder appointed an emergency manager for Flint. He then changed the source of drinking water for the city to the polluted Flint River in order to save money. Lead then leached from the aging water lines into the city's system. Thousands of residents, including children and pregnant mothers, were exposed to the contaminant that can cause a host of neurological and physical problems. By last July, people in Flint had been complaining about their water for a year. At that time, the chief of staff for the governor wrote in an email that the people of Flint were basically getting blown off by the government. But the state continued to take the position that the water was safe. That is, until last week, when Governor Snyder apologized to the people of Flint after he declared an emergency. But this may be too little too late. 200 protesters in Lansing on Friday called for Snyder to resign. Last week, California was pummeled by a series of powerful storms. While huge swells delighted surfers, Back-to-back storms caused flooding and triggered mudslides and burn areas. A break in the weather is giving officials a chance to review how state and local agencies responded to the storms given the forecast for a potentially intense El Nino. El Nino is a weather pattern caused by warmer-than-average water temperatures in the Pacific Ocean. Officials concluded that the infrastructure held up despite heavy downpours in some areas. That's good news given experts are predicting it could get as bad as the most destructive El Nino ever in 1997. Think Darth Nino or Godzilla Nino. That's what Mike Halpert, deputy director of the Climate Prediction Center, is saying after comparing the current weather pattern to that one. That supercharged event caused an estimated 23,000 deaths worldwide from drought, flooding, and natural disasters. It also brought a crippling ice storm to New England and southeastern Canada. So far this year, the effects have been profound. Flooding overwhelmed the central Mississippi River Valley, and tornadoes slammed Texas and other southern states. One of the most alarming impacts? The Arctic Circle warmed up to temperatures higher than those in Chicago. The aid agency Oxfam is warning that the weather pattern could lead to hunger and disease in developing countries as drought, floods, and heat waves severely disrupt agriculture. Daniel Swain, a climate scientist at Stanford University, told Mashable that no two El Nino events are the same. But he noted that since the last supercharged El Nino, there has been more than a decade of global warming. So this year's pattern is evolving in a much different context than any of the events previously observed. His conclusion? We should expect the unexpected. In the past week, the state of Oklahoma has been rattled by more than 70 earthquakes. And while their size was on the smaller end of the Richter scale, people are worried that a bigger one is coming. Two quakes hit last Wednesday directly beneath a major oil and gas production area. The first registered 4.7, and the second, 30 seconds later, was 4.8. In April of last year, the USGS released a report that earthquakes in areas including Oklahoma have been triggered by injecting wastewater from drilling operations underground. Recent quakes have done damage. 
Bricks tumbled, columns toppled, and there was a power failure in Edmond, an Oklahoma City suburb. Representative Richard Morissette, a Democrat from Oklahoma City, said that the continuing quakes are a freight train out of control and that the train must be stopped. The number of quakes has been increasing. In 2012, there were a few dozen above 3.0, but last year, the number went up to 900. The company that was going to build the Keystone XL pipeline has sued President Obama over his decision not to let the project go forward. TransCanada is suing the administration in federal court, saying that Obama didn't have the authority to stop the project. And in addition to that lawsuit, TransCanada is also going to submit a $15 billion claim under NAFTA, the North American Free Trade Agreement, claiming that Obama's action will cost the company lost profits. Under NAFTA, a company can file a claim against the government if its regulations interfere with the company's business. This provision is also contained in the proposed Trans-Pacific Partnership Trade Agreement that has yet to be approved by Congress. The provision elevates corporate profits over the authority of governments to protect citizens' rights to clean water and air. And many environmentalists, among others, have been warning about this part of the TPP. Ironically, TransCanada's suit under NAFTA may have the unintended effect of galvanizing opposition to the TPP. And finally, we all know watching water is soothing. Sitting by a babbling brook, watching waves lap at the shore, seeing people cross a puddle. Wait, what? You heard me right, crossing a puddle. Last week, Brits were captivated by a live stream of people attempting to navigate water that had collected on a bike path in Newcastle upon Tyne. Right, I saw it. It was a gripping drama of watching pedestrians jump, climb, or tiptoe through the water. But in all fairness, it was about 10 feet wide. Yeah, but only about two inches deep. That didn't stop people from bringing surfboards and rafts and even taking selfies as they did push-ups in the murky water, all in a quest to achieve internet stardom. Apparently, a local marketing agency posted it on the web, and well, because it's the internet, it took off. Before the video was taken down, nearly 20,000 people had become fixated, and it wasn't long before a bottle of the famous water found its way onto eBay. But it all came to an inglorious end when two city engineers drained the puddle, not realizing its celebrity status. This Week in Water is sponsored by the American Water Works Association. Sustainable water management means more than just conservation. Learn more at awwa.org forward slash sustainable 16.